What is going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Varsity Breakdown Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Guevara. And with me, as always, is Mr. Lupe Ramirez. And we had a short little break, took a week off last week after dropping three episodes the prior week. But we are finally back and ready to talk some more uh, football. What do we got going on uh, for this week's episode? So for this week's episode, we're going to be discussing the players that we want you to be on the lookout for. A lot of these players had either tremendous seasons last year or are on the cusp of breaking out this year because of them returning to their positions or possibly moving into a different one. Um, how was your week, bro? I mean, when you came in, you said it was pretty rainy, right? Yeah, the storm's been going a little bit crazy out in Tucson, but been hearing the same things been going on here as well uh, in Pinal County. Um, other than that, uh, just enjoying my week off uh, from school, kind of a little mini summer break before I get back into things next week. And you went camping? And I went camping, yeah. I had to enjoy uh, some weather up north, but... That's what seemed to uh, be the trend uh, with a lot of our teams uh, these past few weeks as we wanted to uh, get some uh, photos of each team um, as well as, uh, you know, coaches. Uh, but all of them were pretty much up north or uh, actually hosting uh, their camps. Mm -hmm. uh, so they're all finally back and we're going to be starting uh, to continue uh, taking our photos of each team and their respective uh, coaches. But other than that, that's uh, really all i've been up to uh what about yourself not much just been busy between you know here and work uh right now at work we are dealing with construction trying to get a whole new showroom uh the goal is to make it the best looking dealership in all of casa grand and i feel with the vision that they have behind it they're definitely going to make that come true um but other than that i'm ready to talk about you know what we've been doing these past couple of weeks like you said we took a week off from podcasting and one thing that we've been steadily doing is uh, keeping the fans notified of the schedules. Um, not all the time are we getting them right. I mean, I know on one of them, I made the mistake of putting the wrong date on there. And shout out to Katie Kramer because she was the one that found that on Instagram, um, talking about the Mesquite game being scheduled for a Thursday. And I apologize, I ended up putting it for a Friday. But that's one thing. We've been actually letting the fans vote to see who they believe um, – Who's going to win in their games? What do you have? You know, you don't have to uh, explain any of the, the actual nitty gritty details, but what do you have as far as trending as who's like the most popular team, which one's the most interactive and which team, you know, uh, could use a little bit of help? Of course, is uh, the teams that we had last year are the big uh, voters so far, it seems. Uh, so with uh, rivalries uh, being in this county, you see a lot of them vote against uh, their rivals a lot. Uh, but a lot of the newer teams are the ones that seem like uh, they don't have a voice uh, just yet. But hopefully as the season rolls along, we'll get more followers uh, through those schools and can, uh, you know, make things interesting uh, for the future. Yeah, I'd like to see that, too. I've, I've kind of noticed it, you know, being behind the scenes and looking at it. But I want to kind of get your perspective on it. And just remember that when the season's over, we still have our punishment, which the voting will start uh, August 19th, the first week of the 2A and 3A seasons. So something exciting to look out for. But it's going to be fun to see what the results for the latter half of the teams are going to be. Uh, like I said, uh, the voting has been a little bit harsh at times, but it's, it's going to make for a lot of fun once the season kicks off. All right, and another thing, we're almost halfway through our first order of inventory on the Varsity Breakdown shirts. If you haven't put your order in, you got to put your order in now. 
And it's not as easy as sending us a message on Instagram or Facebook. You got to go through the link and you got to put the order in that way. So that way we can have a good um, idea of where it's going, how we're going to get it to you, if anything, and get a little bit more details on how to get a hold of you. But other than that, it's been going great. It's a great start to the uh, Leti Cavazos Memorial Scholarship. Um, looking forward to what we have coming in the fall as far as you know what we're going to be releasing during the football season. And I think uh, one of the coolest things that we have seen from a few of the buyers is some of them have been high school students who actually have worn them to school already. So that was pretty cool to see on social media as, you know, they they really want to represent, you know, not only us, but the Pinal County area. And I think that is one of the coolest things that I've seen when it comes to uh, teacher sales so far. A hundred percent. That's that's what I'm I'm looking forward to, too. Um, another thing we're we're gonna try to do is actually when we go to games, try to sell them at the games too. It, you know, if the the school allows us, because that would be another great opportunity for us. And um, well, let's get into what we're talking about right now. Let's make our picks and start you know naming players and and giving some names of some interesting students that we're gonna be looking forward to this season. All right. Well, I'll give you uh, the honors as to going first. And, and just to be clear, this is in no specific order as to why this person uh, is first or anything like that. It was just a group of people. We came together. You picked yours. I picked mine. And just ones that stood out to us last year, as well as uh, uh, some that we feel are, like you said, are on the brink of breaking out this year. So, uh, so who is uh, the first guy on your list? So the first guy on my list that I'm going to mention is going to be senior Darnell Castro. Castro plays for the Vista Grande Spartans, and it's it's not really clear whether he's going to be QB1. I mean, he played a majority of, of the season last year as QB1, um, but he has, you know, Mr. D. Castro as his um, competition in QB. But I'm thinking that this is going to be the year that Mr. Darnell Castro leads the team. Um, one thing I did notice um, for sure was whenever we released our rankings um, for, you know, our picks in the beginning of the season to, you know, to just have fun, uh, D kind of uh, Darnell kind of took a little bit of offense to where I put him. He, uh, he kind of responded nine and he's like, really? And I, I feel like that wasn't anything like where he was like really upset. It was kind of like, oh, OK, so this is where you think I'm going to be. Just watch. And I have that feeling that's exactly what it's going to do, because I'm um, going back to last year. Didn't get a really good idea, you know, who he was, you know, underneath the helmet. But when he was playing basketball, I kind of got to see the kid, you know, you know, for who he was. And I think that, you know, he's going to take this summer to mature a little bit. And then when he comes back into the game, you know, under center, watch out. So uh, my first uh, player is going to be senior uh, DeAndre Kelly for the Grand Cougars. Uh, he was really one of the top receivers on the team uh, next to uh, seniors uh, Anthony Flores and Demetrius Garrett. Uh, both uh, players are now gone, and that leaves DeAndre as the uh, number one wide receiver on the team. Uh, last year, uh, he only had uh, 25 carries, but had 649 yards to go along with it and 11 touchdowns. So with, even though they're having a new quarterback this year, I feel that uh, DeAndre is going to have um, much success, and you've seen some of that early on in uh, the seven-on-seven uh, tournaments that Casagrande was having. I saw a lot of videos of him just balling out on one-on-one -on -one situations. So I definitely think that he's going to be a person to keep your eye on. And uh, don't sleep on him because I know he's ready to make his name known uh, this year after 
kind of falling by the wayside uh, next to uh, two great seniors in Anthony and uh, Demetrius. Well, one thing I don't feel, I, I also had um, uh, DK on my list as well, I, but I don't think he kind of fell to the wayside. I think that it was a, a, a talented group. Yeah, the yak attack is going to be hard to replace this year. Um, but like you said, DK is definitely option number one right now. And, uh, you know, for a kid that would, you know, threw up the peace sign in the, in the championship <laughs> game, you know, against the opposition, you know, he's he's going to be bringing a whole lot of that swagger back. I look forward to to seeing how well he, you know, he expresses himself on the field and, and, and if any type of leadership qualities is anything that he's picking up during the summer so that way he can be a little bit more vocal and bring his team up because one thing that they're going to need is a lot of motivation fighting in that tough 5A region or conference and region. Yeah, no doubt. And he's a person that can make some big plays, uh, you know, any time during the game. Uh, we also seen him make a huge play uh, in the playoffs last year right before halftime and, you know, uh, change the whole aspect of the game. So I definitely feel uh, DeAndre is going to be doing that a lot this year. And uh, he's going to be doing it at an even higher level in the 5A uh, division. Well, speaking of a higher level and staying on to the, uh, the topics of the Casa Grande Cougars, let's talk about a senior on their team that I'm going to be looking forward to watching this year, Mr. Andon Diaz. The kid last year was an interception machine. He had a record 10 interceptions last year, and the ball hawk that was wearing number 20, I think he's going to be doing the same exact thing this year. It would be pretty foolish if any of the teams that you know they're going against don't know who Andon Diaz is. I mean, the kid, like I said, he had a record year. A big part of the reason why that defense was strong and led them to a ring. And, I mean, not only his stats, but, like, the video of him speaks for itself. Like, in the video that we had uh, worked with uh, Timeline's uh, photo with, there's a vid- uh, there's a good shot that you got of him almost making a one-handed interception. And that would have sealed the game, too. Yeah, but, I mean, it just made for a more dramatic finish that it was. And he's one kid that I definitely can't wait to see, you know, what he does when he returns. I definitely agree. Um, one of the things that I noticed about him last year was no matter how far off the ball he was, he can track down the ball. And, you know, he doesn't have to get an interception every play, but he's going to go in. Uh, he makes his presence and, felt. Yeah, most definitely. He definitely does make his presence felt. And, you know, like I said, it, it doesn't matter if he's two yards away from the ball or 10 yards away from the ball. He doesn't give up on any play. And I think that's why you've seen him have such a great year last year. So definitely a great person to keep on the radar, but moving into my second uh, player, it's going to be junior Isaiah Savoy for Apache junction, a stellar running back uh, ran for over 1700 yards and 24 touchdowns and had nine 100 yard games. So you imagine they only played 11 games last year and out of 11 games, he had nine of them for a hundred yards. So somebody that is definitely ready to help Apache Junction uh, take that next step uh, in 4A and be uh, one of the teams to uh, be reckoned with because I know uh, after that loss to Lee Williams, uh, him and his crew are going to be ready to uh, avenge that loss and do a little bit more this year. And is he mainly on the offensive side, or does he play on both sides of the ball? He actually plays on both sides of the ball. Um, I was just more so uh, focusing on his offensive end, but he is uh, he plays on both sides of the ball, and he does it very well. And last year uh, on defense, he had 40 tackles and an interception as well. So, you know, he can definitely uh, handle himself on both sides of the ball, but the dude is a stud running back, and I can't wait to see what uh, he helps Apache Junction do this year. 
All right, my next prospect to watch would be Gavin Limongello of the Apache Junction Prospectors. Last year, he threw over 3,000 total passing yards and had 23 passing touchdowns and only eight interceptions. Um, through 17 games played in his career, he has 17 rushing touchdowns. That's pretty incredible for a kid his age. And at the same time, with like you said, last year's loss against Lee Williams where they dropped that game 55-32, to 32, um, I feel like uh, the way that game turned out is going to teach him a lot about his control. That, you know, as QB1, he has a big responsibility to lead that team, and he has a lot of great weapons around him and a lot of security. It's just a matter of talking them up and making sure that everybody is in the right place, but that, you know, as that leader, he has that responsibility to help his team get there. Yeah, Gavin's another guy that's uh, definitely a big impact on Apache Junction's offense. And, uh, you know, he definitely uh, brings a presence. I mean, 27 total touchdowns uh, last year. I know it's only going to be elevated to uh, the next level this year. And like I said, don't sleep on Apache Junction. They're going to be a team that's looking to uh, shock some people this year. But, you know, especially a lot of people don't have the confidence in them like they do Casa Grande or Post and Butte who were Mm -hmm. in 4A as well. So um, going into uh, my third guy, it's going to be senior Travis Mbuya uh, from ALA Ironwood. Uh, he plays uh, wide receiver and outside linebacker. I'm going to be talking about his defensive stats uh, right now. Had 100 tackles, three sacks, and one interception last year. I know uh, in order for ALA Ironwood to be successful, we said they needed to uh, be able to shut down teams on the defensive side as one of the uh, big weaknesses that they had last year. So he's going to be a guy that is going to be handling, uh, you know, the outside linebacker uh, position. And I know is going to try to bring that defense uh, together to be able to uh, shut down some teams. I mean, the kid is a pretty, a pretty good stud on uh, both sides of the ball, but defensive side, uh, he is where he excels the most. No, and if if we're going to stay on the topic of the ALA Ironwood Warriors, let's talk about Ashton Williams. Last year, Ashton, you know, didn't have really much of a star-studded year because he had to play a, uh, behind a couple of really talented seniors. But last year with three touchdowns and 24 receptions and just over 300 yards, I feel like this is going to be the year where he breaks out and, and uh, he's going to be another weapon alongside Mr. Mbuya and... The Warriors will have a good fighting chance. I think I had them going maybe six and four this year. I think we actually both did. I, I might have had them going four and six, but either way, you yeah, know, same numbers. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but either way, uh, you know, and let's not even forget about uh, Connor Malt was uh, their quarterback who uh, he had uh, over sixteen hundred yards passing, fourteen touchdowns, and four interceptions. So definitely a guy who can. Uh, help uh ashton's uh stats uh this year ala ironwood they're a team that could be a surprise like i said it was one of the teams even though i have them finishing four and six i said a lot of those games could have gone either way it's just the way that i had to make my final decision uh so going into my fourth player i'm gonna be going to the combs coyotes and gonna be talking about Connor Wiles, a linebacker uh, who had 99 tackles, nine and a half tackles for loss, four sacks, and one interception. Even though uh, Combs didn't have that great of a year last year, he was definitely one of the bright spots on defense and somebody that I can see uh, breaking out even more this year and getting over 100 tackles. I, I think that 
it can be easily done uh, by Connor. And if Combs can uh, hold uh, some of these teams on defense, uh, he's going to be a big part of the reason why. I agree with you 100% on the defensive side. That is exactly who's going to need to anchor the 11 men on the field to make sure that they walk away victorious. But let's talk about what happens on the other side of the ball. Let's talk about number one, Mr. Tanner Hale. Last year, he had 25 touchdowns, had 162 pass completions, and in his career only has 15 interceptions through 302 pass attempts. His total career passing yards sits at 2,570. That's pretty impressive. And I think 1,800 of them were from last year. Yeah, so last year was you know a pretty good year for him, and I expect him to return this year with that same type of ferocity and get the Combs Coyotes where they need to be. Now, Tanner is definitely a big part of the offense uh, for the Coyotes. You know, just to even piggyback off of what you said, he also rushed for over 450 yards, which, which is pretty impressive, especially for the type of season that Combs had last year. So a big, a big important piece on the offensive end, uh, you know, for the Coyotes and Tanner, and uh, definitely a, a big player to watch uh, for the Coyotes. Now, moving into my uh, fifth player, uh, we're going to go to the Coolidge Bears, and uh, I'm going to be talking about Junior Jalil Bishop, a pretty good uh, shutdown corner on the defensive end. Uh, finished last year with 68 tackles, uh, led the team with five interceptions and three forced fumbles. The kid can be, like I said, a lockdown corner, game in and game out. He's definitely a, a tough person to throw on. I feel that he's going to be the anchor uh, to the secondary for Coolidge this year. But on the other end, you have uh, Belcom, and then I believe at safety you have Javante Wall. Uh, and those three guys, you know, themselves are studs. But I think the person that made the biggest impact last year was definitely Jaleel. And I want to see him uh, excel even further this year. Uh, like I said, for a sophomore to record five interceptions, I mean, the sky this is the limit for uh, for him. Uh, we've seen what Aiden did last year in getting 10 interceptions, and I think uh, Jalil could do the same, so be on the lookout for him. Yeah, Jalil definitely has the potential to make records made, uh, you know, in, on the defensive side. You know, young number seven does a lot. Um, one thing that we need to see out of him is, is like you said, if you think he's going to be the anchor of that team, I, I kind of disagree because I kind of lean more towards Belcom. You know, the, uh, one thing. No, that, it was just uh, in the secondary. Oh, in the secondary. In, in the secondary. I know that, uh, you know, talking with Coach Shanks a little bit, he says uh, that people underestimate their D line and offensive line. That's where his big difference is uh, comparing his team. He says a lot of people look into, you know, uh, what's going on in with their running backs, quarterbacks, and uh, their uh, linebackers and secondary. But he said uh, be, be on the lookout for their offense and defensive line. They're going to be scary this year. But like I said, just in the secondary alone, I felt like maybe it was that be uh, they didn't throw Belcom's way a lot and why, uh, you know, his stats weren't as big. Uh, we we seen that uh, last year with, with uh, Demetrius Asqueta. Just because he's such a good corner – Nobody wanted to throw his way, and, you know, you've seen Andon uh, take a, a lot of uh, the shine away from him. But like I said, I think the same kind of happened with Belcom, where they weren't throwing his way a lot, so you've seen uh, Jaleel kind of have more of the breakout season. But you're absolutely right. Being that Belcom is the senior, I do see him taking control of the not just the defense but the team as a whole. Uh, but I think that Jaleel is a little bit more on my radar just because of the season that he had last year. Belcom is definitely going to be a person that uh, I'll be talking about here soon. Yeah, and that, that was uh, 
who I had next on my list, actually. So we can go a little bit back and forth on this one. Um, with him being heavily recruited at the cornerback position, I feel like he will be the anchor for the defense. And not only that, but he plays on both sides of the ball. Um, one thing that, like you said, Coach Shanks, you know, they have a big question on is who's going to be playing in which position. And one thing that is good about Belkham is that he's super versatile. He can play on both sides of the ball, and I think that if they if they take uh, they give him the opportunity to be at running back, that is where he'll shine. But at the same time, Coolidge has a bevy of running backs right now that mm-hmm. they can you know rely on. But it's just a matter of choosing RB one. No, most definitely, and I think we'll uh, get into that uh, next week uh, as uh, we're going to be talking about players to watch for that are filling. Uh, empty positions uh, this coming year so uh, you know that's something we can uh, definitely talk about next week and go into details as to why uh, we think those players are gonna have breakout seasons in new positions Uh, but moving into uh, my sixth uh, pick uh, it's gonna be Ian Palm uh, with the Maricopa Rams uh, linebacker had 92 tackles last year 17 tackles for loss six and a half sacks and three quarterback hurries so not uh, much bright spots on uh, the Maricopa Rams last year, uh, but this is a kid that can definitely have a breakout year and uh, try to help elevate uh, the Rams' uh, defense. So that's the reason he's my pick at uh, number six. Um, right now, I don't have any Rams on my you know to watch list. I'm pretty sure we will when we have the episode next week. Um, but staying in the colors of red and black, let's talk about the Florence Gophers. One senior that I'm going to have on my watch list from Florence is going to be Anthony Pistorio. Number 17 comes in this year with 30 catches on his resume, 293 total receiving yards. And last year, you know, you, you look at his numbers, he doesn't have a lot of touchdowns. But uh, one thing uh, we've noticed is that, you know, having sm- uh, small conversations with him, you know, uh, through Instagram is that he's looking forward to this year. He's really excited. And I think that that type of energy, if he, as long as he carries that onto the gridiron, he is going to be a vital part in the Florence offense. He's a person that's going to have to uh, fill in uh, some big shoes. I'm just hoping that whoever they have at quarterback can help get this kid the ball because once the ball's in his hands, he can do some good things with it. I see him excelling as possibly one of uh, Florence's bright spots this year as long as they're at their quarterback uh, situation is covered and they have a dude under center that can uh, put the ball in his hands and let him make plays. Yeah. That's another thing I had, you know, heavy on my, my list underneath his name was actually who's going to throw him the ball. Um, Last year he had a, a great general in jet Scott, but unfortunately now he's moved on and it's a matter of who the, the Gophers are going to put into that uh, position under center to lead the team but I think that in a sense that since Anthony is returning and this is his senior year, this is his opportunity to lead the team. And not only that, but, you know, help whoever is going to be transitioning into that role, you know, be successful. All right. Moving on into uh, number seven, I'm actually going to switch it up a little bit. Uh, we've been talking about a lot of skill positions or, you know, defensive line positions and stuff like that. I'm going to give some love uh, to actually an offensive lineman. Uh, it's going to be uh, for the Post and Butte Broncos, Cade Alisa. Uh, he's the offensive tackle. Uh, he's going to be a kid that's going to be putting some uh, defensive players on their ass. This player uh, finished with 22 pancake blocks, and that is an insane number. So I, I wanted once I saw that, I was like, you know what? I got to give uh, Cade some love because 
that means he was demolishing anybody that was coming his way uh, during a pass play or a run play. I mean, he was putting kids on, on their back uh, game in and game out. So definitely um, a big reason why uh, Post and Buttes running back rushed for over 2,000 yards last year. I mean, like, I'm really interested to see how Cade's going to top uh, his season from last year. It will definitely be interesting to see what he does on, on the offensive side of the ball as a tackle. One thing I'm going to be looking forward to on that offensive side is young Gavin Leach. Number 24 is their main running back and also plays outside linebacker. Um, talking about his offensive stats, he had 292 total rushing yards for his career in 23 carries and had five touchdowns with six total touchdowns. With the amount of talent that Poston Butte is losing, some people, you know, count them out a little bit. One thing that I see is that ability for Mr. Leach to transition as the, you know, RB number one. And, uh, you know, essentially take over the duties, you know, as, you know, the main ball carrier for the Broncos. Um, he will have a lot of, you know, great names ahead of him that, you know, like you said uh, before, he'll have a lot of big shoes to fill. But that's that's something that I don't see as, you know, an impossibility for Gavin. Well, if he has uh, Cade blocking for him, I have no doubts that he's going to uh, be finding some big holes because Cade don't play. <laughs> no, but uh, de- definitely. uh Definitely a, a good person to look out for and uh, has some big uh, shoes to fill. Like I said, uh, their senior running back last year ra- rushed for over 2,000 yards. So can, uh, can he be that answer as to why uh, the Broncos are successful this year? I, I surely hope so. Me too. All right. I'm going to actually keep it uh, here with Post and Butte again uh, for my eighth pick. I had uh, Bobby Gayton, uh, defensive lineman. He had uh, 59 tackles. 23 tackles for loss, eight sacks, and eight QB hurries. So definitely a big presence up on the D-line for the Broncos. And definitely is going to be a big reason why they have success on the defensive end. Because this kid, I mean, 23 tackles for loss. You don't hear that very often, especially for a defensive lineman. And then on top of it, uh, almost double-digit sacks. I'm going to look for him to uh, possibly hit that milestone this year. Now, let's stay on the topic of defensive linemen. I mean, we I, I started with uh, Vista Grande Spartan, and I'm going to kind of like bounce back to it. I'm going to talk about Preston Poker. Um, the young defensive anchor for Vista is going to need to shine and ball out this year. He has many impressive highlights on Max Preps, one of them being uh, being named player of the game in the losing effort to the Canyon View Jaguars. Um, one thing that uh, young Mr. Poker needs is to be the vocal centerpiece for the uh, Spartans defense. Um, and I can see that happening. One thing that we've learned you know, from the Pinal County one versus one is that Vista is going to inherit a lot of talent this year. And I think that, you know, all that incoming talent is going to need some type of guidance. Preston is going to be that person to give that guidance. I hope that you can prove me right and go out there and help lead these young men who are transferring, you know, to your program and be that leader on the field and off the field in the classroom. Did he have any notable stats uh, last year? Yeah, last year he had 29 solo tackles. 34 total tackles and average about 5.7 tackles per game. And I, I believe uh, he had a couple of sacks, if I'm not mistaken, as well. But it's definitely a solid player on uh, the defensive end, uh, you know. And like you said, it's time to elevate that game to the next level and uh, help uh, the Spartans uh, continue in the right direction. All right, I'm going to jump back uh, to the Apache Junction prospectors as I'm going to bring uh, some attention to Garrett Garcia. 
uh, wide receiver had 79 uh, receptions last year, uh, 1,361 yards receiving and 13 touchdowns as he was uh, Gavin's favorite target last year. And so uh, with Gavin coming back, uh, Garrett's going to probably have another stellar season this year. I don't uh, have any doubts about that, but it seems like the, uh, the trio of Gavin, Isaiah and and Garrett are going to be what is going to help uh, the prospectors excel this year, especially on the offensive end. And, you know, Gavin, uh, like I said, it seems like when the when the ball is in his hands, uh, he knows what to do with it, and he can get to uh, the end zone. He averaged over almost a touchdown and a half uh, per game last year. So I don't know what his goals are this year after having a season like that, but I'm sure he's uh, going to look to get 100 catches and possibly try to uh, get to that 1,500 mark uh, as a receiver, which is going to be pretty impressive. I think he'll get there, but I'm going to stay with my defensive peeps. Um, and speaking of the defensive peep, let's go down to 2A where we're going to be talking about Mr. Norian Banks. Number 50 on the Sequoia Pathway Pumas you know, put on a show last year. Mm-hmm. A lot of the teams on his opposition didn't know what to do when he was, you know, racing uh racing up towards them you know a lot of the times when i watched him play and you know this is you know call back to my favorite football team he played like a young aaron donald like he was <laughs> really quick he's so big but that that um that size is a little bit deceptive because you don't imagine somebody that big being, being that so quick. nimble yeah yeah being that quick uh one thing that i look forward to this year is that it is for him to continue that dominance on the defensive side and we got a little bit of insight of where he's going to be on the other end. Last year, he played tight end, and he was listed as a tight end. Now, if you go back and you look at it, he's going to be playing a little bit of running back. Now, good luck to everyone on the opposition to having to hold him because that is going to be a really tough task. And what were some of uh, his numbers uh, from last year? Now, last year, listen to this. Last year, he had 94 solo tackles and 111 total tackles and averaging 11.1 tackles per game. And he had 15 sacks and one interception. Now, if those numbers don't jump out at you, I don't know what will. Another number that jumps out to me is uh, out of those 111 tackles, 42 of them were tackles for loss. So that means almost half of his tackles were in the backfield. And I think... Out of all those numbers, that was one one of the ones that stood out to me. I mean, I would have expected him to get 15 sacks just of how good he is. But for him to be in the backfield that much, it shows how tough he is to block. And like you said, how agile, but at the same time, how strong he is. He's just turning into a complete athlete that is going to excel in this 2A once again and uh, be a big reason as to why teams can't uh, score on Sequoia Pathway. Yeah, him and his brother Kyrie's have their work cut out for them this year, and I expect the, uh, Kyrie's to, you know, to want to, you know, step into a little bit of his brother's spotlight as well. But uh, who do you have next on your list? To wrap up my list, I am going to the Vista Grande Spartans, and it's going to be uh, the freshman sensation of Fernando Moya. Uh, Fernando uh, kind of took over uh, as the lead running back. Uh, as uh, Tyrese uh, Constable uh, went down with injury uh, in the later part of the season. Uh, He finished uh, the season with 103 carries, 746 yards, and nine touchdowns. 
and I only expect that number to increase. He should be uh, the lead back uh, this coming season, but a kid that can uh, definitely make some plays. Another player that plays on both sides of the ball, so he's going to be able to help the Spartans on the defensive end, but just what he did last year as a freshman and stepping up uh, when one of his teammates went down is the reason that he's on my list this year. No, Fernando Moya was definitely a bright spot in in a team that, you know, had a, a lot of trouble with consistency last year. And he, you know, him being number 21, of course, we're going to have our eyes on him. But he, you know, he really did his thing in stepping in for Tyrese when he went down. Um, one thing this year I see him having to do is a lot of things that I, you know, I, I seem almost repetitive, but he has to take over that leadership role. Uh, every one of these uh, gentlemen that we've mentioned so far, they're going to, you know, they have to accept that responsibility to be a leader. You know, when you're out there, you're not, you know, you're not just out there to fill a void. You're, you're, uh, you're in, a, especially in those skill positions, you're out there to complete a task. A lot of those, a lot of the times when other teams score or they can pick you off or anything like that, it's because a task wasn't completed and somebody didn't do their job. One thing that I see this year for sure is young Fernie's going to do his job. He's mm-hmm. going to take care of things. I definitely see him as a thousand yard uh, rusher, uh, given if he stays healthy this year. But, you know, uh, like you said, the Spartans have a lot to look forward to uh, with all the pieces that they're getting this year. You know, you had your guy on the defensive end, on the offensive end. uh, It's going to be Fernando for me. And I have no doubt that he's going to come to play and he's going to be the reason that uh, the Spartans put up a lot of points this year. With that, um, that kind of completes our list of what we had uh, so far. But coming to look at it, you know, we still have quite a few players to talk about. We didn't want to go too long this episode uh, like we did uh, a couple weeks ago and, you know, being our uh, our 15 minute shows. But why don't we come back uh, next week and do a part two because I know I have another uh, set of 10 players and I'm sure you do, too. So. Mm-hmm. Let, let's come back next week and give part two of who to look out for uh, this upcoming season. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. I think that that's something that we can do. And I definitely have a lot more than a list of 10 players. I think that the hardest part about this episode was taking my list that is constantly growing and trying to narrow it down mm-hmm. to try to fit these players in. Because there's, like I said, there's a lot of talent out here, a lot of talent. And, and and some of these young men could be hidden gems for a program. And oh, yeah. They don't and, even know about it. And there's uh, even a couple of teams we didn't even get to mention, you know, that had uh, uh, kids that were just like, OK, can we fit them into, uh, you know, those those first 10 players or not? But you know what? Let's save them for uh, next week's episode, because like you said, plenty of talent here in Pinal County and plenty to look forward to. And I think we're. 22 days away from kickoff for the 2a and 3a season so it's right around the corner man and uh but there's still some stuff we're getting done uh as uh yesterday uh we were down in uh santa cruz uh getting uh to meet uh coach uh tommy cortez for the first time uh actually uh purchased one of uh the varsity breakdown uh shirts so shout out to uh coach uh tommy out there and it felt good to meet the new players uh for the dust devils some of them we met last year but it's a it seems like a whole new core of guys just because of how young that team is but very exciting to see uh santa cruz take the field this year yeah, it's a different feel. It's it's totally not the same team that we observed the you know the past couple seasons. But I I again I have a lot of high hopes for this Dust Devil team, and I think that they are definitely under the right direction under Tommy Cortez. But one thing that we'll be doing too is like you mentioned in the beginning of the episode, a lot of teams are coming back from camp, so we'll be going uh, 
to those schools to take their photos as well. Um, one thing we have coming up is going to take the photos for the rest of the Coolidge Bears team that wasn't there uh, the last time when you went. And uh, I think it'll be a lot more fun because we'll, you know, get a little bit more interaction with the coaches and, and have a little bit more time with them as opposed to just a quick snapshot and, and then move on to the next person. I think that I, I look forward to this a lot. And this whole entire football season, it's, it, it's got me super excited, bro. Oh, yeah. I think this is the first time where we're fully prepared for this. And, you know, we're not just like, OK, dude, let's just see what happens. You know, we've taken the time to do our studying to stay connected with these coaches as much as we can and to feel like we're giving them our best effort uh, that we didn't really get to do last year. So definitely exciting. Uh, one of the things to continue to look forward to uh, next week is the remaining teams uh, and their uh, respective uh, schedules. So make sure you uh, get out there and uh, make your votes. Uh, don't forget that here in the coming weeks, uh, we're going to be uh, setting the posts uh, to start the voting uh, for the school color that will go to the loser of this upcoming season when it comes to our picks. So that's going to be going in a couple weeks. Be on the lookout for that. But any uh, other uh, final thoughts? A final thought for you. Imagine Daniel with purple and gold hair. He'd look like a Guatemalan bad bunny. <laughs> I look forward to it, brother. I really do. <laughs> well, you know, we'll just leave it there, uh, brother. And like I said, it's been uh, it's been a fun couple of weeks. Finally, uh, getting back uh, in touch with these teams as uh, they made it back from camp safely uh, and Gladly uh, didn't uh, have any injuries that we heard about, so I'm glad they're going to be healthy uh, to start the season. But now uh, as school uh, has started, it's time to throw those uh, pads back on and get down to the real deal. And we'll be out there at some of the practices, so just be on the lookout for us and you know continue to uh, like, follow, and share our pages and let us know uh, what we can do to make things a lot better. But other than that, brother, we'll see you next week. Take it easy.